So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that slides helplessly, gracefully and quite slowly into the wall on pit exit. We've got to stop doing that. I don't want to go out onto the track. It's scary. (laughs) Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast with more porpoising than the Atlantic Ocean. Just got to bring you up on one thing. I actually looked up uh, porpoises and they mostly congregate around harbours and and inlets rather than the actual Atlantic. So it doesn't really work. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that wonders why Carlos Sainz can chase Max Verstappen around for hours, but when we do it, the courts get involved. Just because we had an axe. I painted it orange. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. I'm Fernando Alonso and... That man had such sexual energy on Saturday. I was... <laughs> really? What, when he stuck it on, stuck it on second? <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the comeback kid of Formula One podcasts, except it's the Carlos Sainz comeback... So it probably won't last. Nah, flash in the pan. Hi, Daddy, who's that guy who came second again? Yeah, Carlos Sainz. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Jake Yorath, the latest in a long line of replaceable but very affordable Chica Air substitutes. I'm a graphic designer by trade, so expect less polish on the mic as we charge headfirst away from the Canadian Grand Prix like Red Bull away from Yuri Vips. Today, we'll talk about all things Montreal. Rain, Red Bull dominance, the hopes of Ferrari fading, and the hopes of Mercedes glimmering, all without any racial slurs at all. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who doesn't understand time anymore. It's Phil Torontomans. <laughs> that's... Okay, that's a reference to my screen name. Because it was the Canadian Grand Prix, Torontomans, Toronto. I know it was in Montreal. I thought it was quite good. I can, I can re-record it with your no, proper no, name no, if no, you like. No, 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 we'll stick with it. We'll run with it. I... I've done very little this week, so I'm going to use this opportunity to bitch and moan about the clock on my microwave. It's a digital clock, but it's fast. Like, really fast. (laughs) How is that a thing? Like, minutes fast. Like, over the course of a couple of weeks, it'll be several minutes out. How does that happen? Is it fast, like, all the time, or only fast for a few laps and then it stops being fast? So is it, what I'm asking, is it a Red Bull clock or a Ferrari clock? Sure, 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 sure. It's, it's, It's sort of, was it a 2004 Ferrari that was much faster than they expected it to be? It's that. Okay. It's that. You like you reset it to the right time, and then you come back two weeks later, and it's like three minutes quick. But it's digital. Like, how does that? I don't understand. And alongside him is a man who has been sewing. It's Terry Saunders. I've taken up sewing. You know how people had lockdown projects when they were in lockdown no. and started to do things. No, I don't know that. I didn't have one of them either. But now I've taken up sewing. I did a sewing class about three months ago, and made a pair of trousers. Was very happy with oh. them. Then I made a shirt, which was the second thing I ever made. Ooh. So I thought, because bear in mind, people who learn to sew, you start with simple things like a tote bag or, you know, a bum bag or like a hat or something. 
So the third project I decided to attempt was a jumpsuit. Okay. <laughs> and but- I spent last week going mad. Okay. I, and I made a jumpsuit. Already I have a lot of questions. Firstly, bum bags and hats sound quite difficult to sew. Well, they're just circles, aren't they? Are That's they? The, okay. oh, it depends on the kind of hat we're talking about here. For, the, for podcast listeners. For podcast listeners, Terry has left the microphone, disappeared out of frame. He's come back with something. It looks like a kick-ass outfit from the film Kick-Ass. Oh, shit, yeah. I do recognise the colours. Have you, are you becoming like a superhero? Is this what's going on? Are you fighting crime on the streets of Kreuzberg? I've lined it. Soup. Soup with an extra O. Look at that. Look at that zip. Look at that zip. That is, that is that perfectly is sewn in. Do you think if you're back in the UK at Oh, any it's point, a hard man's bomber jacket. It is. It's like a it bomber is. jacket, but it's a whole jumpsuit. Oh, it's a whole jumpsuit. If, if you're the kind of age that hasn't seen Kick-Ass, but has been accosted by a skinhead, <laughs> I'm it's the to outside look. of a skinhead's jacket and the inside yeah, of a skinhead's jacket It's very nice. It's on green and orange. I've just got to Google Kick-Ass because, oh God, it is a lot like the Kick-Ass outfit. Have you also got it with a pair of Timberlands and a mask and a pair of sticks? And do you hang around with a 13-year-old girl? I mean, yeah. And is it a little bit creepy that you pretend to be gay just to see her naked and then turn out you're not gay and then it works? That's All right, Jury Vips. Jury Vips is not a sexual predator as far as we know. He's just Yet. racist. <laughs> and anyway, homophobic. And homophobic. <laughs> anyway, turns out, turns out sewing is very hard. Okay. But Congratulations, apparently. Though. Apparently, I'm fucking amazing. Well, well done. After you did the after you did the trousers, do you think, well, this hobby's got legs? Uh, oh. Woo! Not getting him back on again, are we? Thankfully, I'm only here this week. Yeah. Right, it's time for Listener's Corner, which this week features a bollard that you have to go around if you miss it. Or rather, it would have a bollard had Valtteri Bottas not smashed it to pieces on the very first lap. Normally in Listener's Corner, there's an overwhelming theme to the race that everyone picks up on, but this week, not so much. So, was it a good race or not? Dwayne Pipe says, Are people still saying the new regulations have worked? That race seemed like definitive proof that they have, in fact, made little to no difference except to rein in Mercedes a bit. Will Bowen says, Wow, all that effort to change the regs and what do we get? DRS trains galore, but no overtaking possible without it, and one team walking away with the championship. Maybe Montreal has been in a coma and thinks it's still 2020. Tom Murray said, Did they do the raft race this year? I didn't see it, but if they did, it probably would have been marginally more exciting than the actual race. The raft race. Imagine being in a coma and missing the pandemic. That'd be good, I suppose, because you'd be like, oh, what happened? But th- just everyone would be moaning about something and you'd be like, oi, I've had a coma. And they'd be like, no. I've had a coma. You say I've had. <laughs> That's what you say, do you? Oh, I had a bit of oh. a coma. I don't get Dwayne Pipe's comment. Is he saying it's good or bad? Uh, I'll read it again for well, you. Are people no, still you saying think... the new regulations have worked? That race seemed Question. like definitive proof that they have, in fact, made little to no difference. Which oh. I think is him saying... They haven't worked. No, well, they have not worked. I don't think that took much working out. It's better, no, but it's I, not I heard enough. they have... And then you stop listening. Uh, I ran out of my free trial of listening. <laughs> um. they've, they've, they've worked in that it's better than it was. Like, cars could definitely follow closer... But not close enough. And unless you're, I don't know, let's say half a second a lap faster than the car that you're trying to get past, you can't get past it, even with DRS, as the DRS. Well, someone suggested, suggested. I, I think maybe it was Martin Brundle, that you could make the make the DRS zone shorter, and make the passes. You could make it closer, and they wouldn't just be ghosting by on the straights, well, which might improve it slightly. I mean, if the race proved anything, is that you need to make the DRS uh, zones shorter, but you also need to make the DRS zones longer. 
because they could they could overtake too easily, but also they couldn't overtake easily enough. Well, only Charles Leclerc couldn't overtake. Only the Ferraris. What we need is individual DRS zones for individual drivers. <laughs> every driver just gets to pick, or at random, every lap. They don't even know when it's going to happen. It's just the little button goes on, and they just press or it. Or, or they need to they sort of set out their own little things. Like, you know, in the, in the, when you watch the Olympics and all the long jumpers and the high jumpers have their little markers that they put down where they need to start. <laughs> Maybe they need to do the same thing on the straights. Where beforehand, they all get, when they do their track walks, they need to put their little markers down, and they're like, right, that's where your DRS slot is. But then we could go back to the tradition of, like, graffiti on the tracks. Well, the drivers you know, should the, do the like graffiti. The well, you know, they used to be all, like, writing on the tracks. and now They still do it in anymore. cycling, which is pretty I've cool. Got a, I've got a really good uh, graffiti on the track segue story, if you'd like to hear it, and it's really good. Always, yeah. I um, used to work for a team that ran unnamed manufacturer racing cars, and we sent a photo from our team for their brand calendar from the Nürburgring 24 hours um, going around one of the corners. It looked beautiful, looked fantastic. Some some writing on the on the track in German that said, Boomsen, ein Euro. Now, I didn't know what that means. Um, none of my team were German. Turns out that means bum sex, one euro. And it went into the calendar of said international brand um, and went all around the world on the calendar. Sure. I mean, that's the kind, of thing, that we need, six that's the kind of thing we need to put in Formula One. And it just goes to show that things in Germany are much cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a coffee for two euros, you can get bum sex for one. That's why, that's why I live in Berlin. <laughs> Did you know that the, yeah, and if the, I, I, the Tour de France, um, they have a lot of graffiti when that happens. And if you translate Tour de France, it means exactly. the bum sex of France. Exactly. <laughs> they have a dedicated team that goes around before every single stage and they, their, their job is to clean the penises off the roads. That's their sole job. So I think we should have more of that. Like, so they're like the Agile Penisseur or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Sure. I like that. I like that. That's going in. Um, Terry, you were almost onto a really good point there because when you were talking about each driver have, being able to select their own DRS points, in, in IndyCar, they all have a push-to-pass button, what's, which gives them a bit more power. Yeah, what's that? IndyCar so, is like, IndyCar. Uh, it's like Formula E, but in America. Oh, shit cars. Yeah. That's right. They used to be called shit car. Do they race champ it? car for a bit. Um, I actually quite like IndyCar, but um, they have um, a push-to-pass system and they get X number of seconds a race. I don't know how many seconds it is. Let's say it's a minute, but they they can use that at any point. And once it's gone, it's gone. So the last last few laps, you might have one driver who's got 30 seconds and one driver who's got two. And therefore, people can pass without having to just sit in DRS trains. Isn't that Don't know what's going on. whatever it was, yeah. Yeah, similar to Kurs and Ernst, yeah. But that was replenished every lap. I like the idea of it being over a race. Whereas in IndyCar, it's over the whole race. And when they're not under yellow flags, which is about 1% of every race, they can use that... um, That's actually not the worst idea I've ever heard. If you you brought Kurs back, but you could, in theory, it's like, right, well, I'm just not going to use it for 60 laps, and then I'm going to have the final five laps of just, like, an extra 300 horsepower. Because it is true, because when they do this, because they've got the thing now where they've got the battery they could recharge and everything, but we don't ever see it on the graphics, so it's pointless to the viewer. But because it gets reset every lap, and it's like, oh, so Verstappen's going to use it to defend against Sainz, and Sainz's going to use it to attack, and they're going to cancel each other out because they've all got it all the same well, lap. Actually, but if it they, was... Do yeah, they, do they the reset the every lap? I'm not even sure they do now. No one even knows, I don't think Phil. they've really explored it, because well, they, they have the flashing red light when they're re-harvesting energy. I think they can harvest the battery and deploy it whenever they want, but it's obviously not as much. I don't know. Whatever. But imagine, if it, imagine though, it's, you know, it's one minute's worth, and then on the last lap, maybe Max has got 10 seconds and Carlos has got 15. 
You never know. The only thing that's been going up and down more than Lewis Hamilton's spinal cord this year is McLaren, but this week was a definite down, with slow pace in both cars and in the pits. Colin Wilkes says, McLaren's pit crew must have been watching Benny Hill on the monitors in the garage. Russell Pointer says, breaking news, McLaren could not get the wheels off due to using too much maple syrup. McLaren had a shitter. Yeah, well, it's quite funny to have the wheels fall off your race <laughs> by not having the wheels on your car, isn't How it? How did this happen? I mean, the wheels, the wheels were already kind of falling off before the pit stops, but... Could you box this lap? We need a metaphor to come to life. <laughs> I never quite understand how this happens. Like, surely everybody's watching the TV. Surely there's somebody on the radio going, right, both of them are coming in, have the wheels ready. And yet somehow they're like, what, what do we need to do? I don't know what we need to do. Do they? What do they need? Tyres? Nobody said tyres said, I've always said that working on a pit stop would be the thing that I am the most shit at in the world. I can, I can, I can no, sit no, here and... No, no, no. I can no trust. And I'm, I'm sure we can make a long list. No, no, no. And I'm shit at a lot of things. I'm the first to admit how shit I am at many things. Not sewing, but <laughs> in that moment when they'd be like, "Right, we're going to double stack. We're going to double stack." So you get two sets of tires ready. I'd be the one going, "Oh, which?" And because everyone's really busy, you don't want to ask and be like, "Terry, it, where, uh, where were you on Sunday out of interest?" <laughs> oh, I had a I had a working holiday. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that that was a calamity, and it really was. I, I tell you what, calamity. That's it. I think we can sum it up with the word cal- calamity. Can we not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, terrible. Moving on. Are racial slurs advisable? The Yuri's out. Well, Red Bull Junior Yuri Vips certainly seems to be. Anyway, after using a word I won't be repeating while live streaming a video game, the Estonian driver, who currently or perhaps previously raced with high tech in Formula Two and appeared in FP1 at the Spanish Grand Prix, was promptly suspended by Red Bull. He's got to learn that you can only get away with this kind of behaviour if you're a Russian oligarch's son or Red Bull's best driver. I'd just like to point out that you wanted the scripts changed just so you could use that jury Yuri joke, which yeah. is pretty bold. Anyway, this is the latest in a long line of stupid young drivers being stupid on the internet. After It's extraordinary, isn't it? You'd think they would have learned by now. <clears throat> They'll never learn. Maybe that's part of why we love this sport so much. I don't understand why a bunch of young, rich kids, predominantly white, who have got everything their way and they get given free stuff by lots of people and often have incredibly rich fathers, I don't know why they can't understand common decency. (laughs) Hmm? It's weird, isn't it? It's very strange. Why don't they understand other people? So to just explain, he was playing video games and streaming it online and he used some very ill-advised language. I mean, for a start, if if you're a Formula 1 driver playing video (laughs) games after the pandemic, you're a I mean, a lot of them I mean, do that now. Was, That's the thing. It's the, gen- it's the generational. It's a generational thing. No, I don't care. It was very cute. It was generational to be racist, but that we we stopped that as well. <laughs> it was very cute in lockdown to see Charlie Clerk with a headband on, pretending to crash in Monaco, before he could do the real thing. But now that there's cars again, stop it. They're all children. They play don't, video games. That's what they do. And apparently, they are racist to other people online, which seems weird because I've never heard that happening before. But if you're a if you're a Red Bull driver and you and you're streaming it on the internet, maybe not the best idea. I don't know why. When I used to play Formula One online, I don't know why. I don't know if it was like a server I'd chosen on the Xbox, but I always had Scousers. Really? Hey, f- fucking you, mate. Sorry, I thought you said Scousers. <laughs> but I mean, so for Alex Elbon, it's surely great news because it's just one less person in the queue for a Red Bull back seat in Formula One. Albon's fine. He's not going anywhere. He's doing He's quite well. Tsunoda's the one that should be worried. 
but maybe less so now because apart from Phipps, who is there? Well, well, exactly because as, as soon as either Gasly or or Sonoda, a young Sebastian Vettel, yeah, maybe they'll bring Sebastian Vettel back again. Yeah, Vettel's got a son, hasn't he? Is he karting? Vettel's nearly old enough for his son to standing. be talked about a contender. Could we have another Vettel coming through? I, what is going to happen? Because at some point, now we've got Max Verstappen knobbing Piquet's daughter, mm. at some point we're going to have like crossbred Formula 1 drivers. And it's just going to be like... Have you ever seen a picture of what a pug looked like 100 years ago? <laughs> a pug dog. I mean, Verstappen is a good example. Verstappen is the child of two racing drivers. His mum's a pretty decent racing driver as well. But if Verstappen has have an offspring with Piquet's daughter... We're getting into bloodlines here. We're getting into mm. the Habsburgs. Do, 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 well, there's a Habsburg racing. There's a Habsburg in... Oh. Was he in Formula 2? Ferdinand Habsburg. He's a lovely bloke, Ferdinand Habsburg. Have you, seen, have you seen what a pug dog looked like 20, yeah, 100 very years different. ago? Very different. Because they've been engineered and overbred to fuck. To be... Not to fuck. <laughs> not literally <laughs> well, to fuck. I mean, but to fuck is yeah. in too much. And now they can't breathe properly. So I think in 100 years, Formula 1 drivers will be like pug dogs. They won't be able to breathe unless they've got a helmet <laughs> But they're on. going to be unbelievably they fast. They're going to be really fast and quite cute. And very small. And really good for TikTok. Yeah. Very small. But they'll, so small. they'll live to 40 and then die. And they're going to have a hip mobility problems. Speaking of Belens, Nikita Mazapan is back in the news this week because he's very, very upset that Haas fired him as soon as they could find a reasonable excuse. He's now suing the team over unpaid salary, which seems weird as, isn't he a paid driver? Is he suing them so they have to make him pay himself? Publicity stunt? It would be great if, to assuage the pay driver's ego, part of the money he pays the team gets paid back to him as salary. That would be amazing. I mean, I mean I'm pretty certain works, that, yeah, that's exactly how it works, yeah. No. Well, it must that's be, That's how surely. personal sponsors work, yeah. Yeah, wherever it's all from. Like, some of this is for me, some of this is for you. So I come into... Mo- I get a drive at Haas, thanks to the Troman's oil bib company. I see yeah, yeah. you, Terry. Driving that house. Driving that house. Nice. <laughs> so then, I don't know why I'm pointing at you with an Allen key. <laughs> you give money to Haas, and then Haas give money to me, even though it's the money that I've... No, oh, no, yeah, Haas... Yeah, yeah, they give, yeah. They give yeah. you an allowance. Oh, it's so cute. So he hasn't got his allowance. It's like, it's like you're under 18, and you sort of... You, you have a trust fund, and you get a little bit of it, but, you know, until you're a multiple world champion, you can't actually have access to your own money. It's like Britney Spears. Probably. I want to make it clear that I'm asking this as a question, not suggesting the man is sanctioned. But is Nikita Mazapan's dad sanctioned? Yes, I think yes, he is. That's probably why they're after the that's money. That's probably why they're yeah, after the money. You can't get into any of his bank accounts. So, oh, here's another, what, uh, for Formula One's sake, top tip for junior drivers. Firstly, don't be racist. Secondly, don't be mates or don't let your dad be mates with uh, people who might invade countries that people like. Well, it's a difficult so one, isn't it? Because those people tend to have a lot of money. They do. But you are always saying don't be Russian, which is kind of mm. racist. And they had a Grand Prix. Had being the operative at, word. At the time, uh, well, yeah, had. Obviously, it's all gone to shit now because Putin's lost his mind. But at the time, you're like, well, that's a canny move. His dad's mates with the bloke that owns the country that runs the Grand Prix and, and runs, runs the oil company and blah, 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 blah. Mm. You probably thought, yeah, I've, I've done this really well. And now it's all gone to crap. Now, who might be out of a drive next year? Well, no one's saying exactly, but people are saying that Alpine's great antipode and hope Oscar Piastri could be an F1 in 2023, Curtis Williams. Who could he be replacing? Could it be the Red Bull-backed Alex Albon, who's having a pretty decent season and has top team experience to call back on? Or Nicholas Latifi? It's a mystery. Well, mm. Nicholas Latifi's very handy for a bit of, you know... Banter? Comedy relief? He's like, he's like the 
when they bring out the pace car in IndyCars. <laughs> like, summon Latifi. Ah, you're, you're, just, you're describing a competition caution. Yeah, it's, it's, most, yeah, it's, it's just something they deploy to change the race. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's actually not, not a million miles away. But otherwise, can I do my Oscar Piastri joke again? Oh, go on then. I'm just really impressed that after all he's been through, not only being the first runner with no legs, but also shooting his girlfriend. I'd he's done his time, <laughs> and now he's now he's ready to come I'd back. I'd forgotten that you'd done that joke. I thought, where's he going? Is this going to be an Oscar the Grouch joke? Is it going to be? I, I thought it was going to be a like pastry. Yeah, I was. I was hoping for like a nice filou or flaky. Yeah, okay. That went down. That joke. went. That went down a darker no. alley in a hurry. Yeah, instead it's legless That's shootings. what he did. Yeah. Yeah. No, That's so he got the gun. Wow. Yeah, of course it's going to be Piastri next. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at 4F1Sake or find us on Facebook where we're 4F1Sake. Or you can email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, then why not buy us a beer? That's what people do all the time. No, really. Join our monthly donors who include... Jenny and Ralph Brynard, who have special news. Did you hear the they're special not news? Dead. They're not da, 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 dead. Da. And not only are they not dead, they've create, they're creating extra life. Because they sent us a picture, Jenny's pregnant, they're going to have a baby, this is excellent news, and he's going to donate beer money to us as well. This is fantastic Great. news. Well done, guys. Congratulations on the sex. All I want to say is, more of our listeners should start fucking. <laughs> I, I, if you're listening to the podcast now and you're in a car, maybe... Maybe you listen to this podcast with your best friend and you, you, you're never sure whether there's something going to happen or not. Put, just stop looking into each other's eyes. Go on. Say, I love you. And just, what, what, why are they looking away? Oh, well, that's got wrong. Sorry. Sorry, shouldn't have done that. I forget I said it. Bye. Anyway, anyway, back with the uh, donations. Congratulations, guys. Thank you for the beer money. And well done for not being dead. Bryce Davies. Yay. Nice. Andrew Cunningham. Woo! Whoa. Not dead. I would. Jason R. Bradley. R. <laughs> Paul Hinton. Not dead. Gabriel Rosenkerter. And Liam O'Neill. Not dead. Yay! They're all Yay. alive. And you can join them. Head to ff1s.com slash pint, pint, pint. Williams, Mercedes, Ferrari, Alphas, Romeo and Tauri, Aston Martin, McLaren and Alpine, Haas and Red Bull are the F1 teams, let's see how they did in the last GP, with analysis from Phil and Terry, it's time for the teams. It's time for the team. This is brilliant. You're setting a very high bar for future hosts. Red Bull. It was a mixed weekend at Red Bull, as Max Verstappen was able to win in relative comfort, despite being handed some safety car troubles and extend his championship lead. On the other side of the garage, however, Sergio Perez's new gearbox engineer turned out to be Jos Verstappen with a stick on Tash, and the Mexican was left stranded in the Canadian wilderness with no drive. Good news for everyone came on the slowdown lap, as it emerged nobody could hear Verstappen. We could only hope this is a technology that soon will be rolled out to Christian Horner on the pit wall. Were they a bit lucky? They seemed like they were a bit lucky. I mean, lucky in as much as Leclerc had the penalties. Perez, I mean, obviously Perez wasn't very lucky. 
are lucky that they're only in front of signs. I don't know. It was just... If your rivals to, are to a bit this, shit, are you make, lucky or are they shit? Exactly. It's like, to, to make this year more interesting, we need Max Verstappen to be getting less lucky and the others to be getting lucky. It was a bit like in the Schumacher years where you'd be like, okay, Schumacher's going to win this and then somehow all the other cars are going to fall off behind him. And it's like, that's not what you need. In the same with the, McLaren, with the Mercedes years, with Hamilton. You know, I'm not going to be biased here. It would be more exciting. Those races where Rosberg and Hamilton rarely went out were good races because it was more exciting. And what's happening here is that all the people behind Verstappen are fucking up and it's boring. It is. It's not like it's not like we've got everybody at the peak of their game and Red Bull are on top of it. It's more like Red Bull are making the fewest shitty mistakes at the moment. Yeah. Will I mean, it did, it, but, I don't know. It's interesting at least. I mean, Max did but, drive very, very, very well. To be fair to him, he's very good. Very good. We've we've always said he's very good. He's just unbearable. uh, (laughs) Yes, my feelings on Max Verstappen are not exactly hidden, but I mean, you can't argue with the fact that in this race he was very, very good. That he was. He was the best, and he's got the best car. He didn't do anything wrong about the car. Well, I don't know. He did. I I think Ferrari had the potential to actually be faster this weekend, but they just they didn't quite pull it out. But yeah, but it's not the, the potential to be faster. Isn't the same as having well, the, like best the car. car the car was the potential. Quick. The potential involves having Ferrari mechanics pissing in it or whatever. So. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, well, the, the Ferraris. The, we'll get on to Ferrari, but they did all right. They did fine. All right, they well, did let's all get on right. To but they need to do more than all right. Let's go on to them. Ferrari, beautiful stuff once again from Maranello. As Charles Leclerc began at the back, then couldn't rely on his rear end. We've all been there. And Carlos Sainz refused oh. to pass the Duchy on the left or right hand side and finished second. I've said it already this podcast. I think if that was Charles Leclerc in second, I think he would have I think he would have made it happen. That's the third race where there's been like ten laps at the end where Carlos Sainz is in second chasing down the winner, and that's the third race where he's not managed to get by. And I know that Ford One's complicated, and I know that DRS is a thing, and I know that some cars can't overturn and blah 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 blah, but it looks shit for Carlos Sainz, <laughs> who all year hasn't managed to get around the track for a lap. Like the best thing I heard about Ferrari this year, they were talking about because Charles Leclerc has to start at the back because he's had to he's used up all his engines already. Whereas Carlos Sainz has got loads of engines left because he keeps going out on the first lap of every race. <laughs> Maybe that's his tactic. This is where he's going to come back, come back at the end of the season when everybody else has got no engines left, and he's got I've got loads because I've only done five laps in them. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll get to the it'll get to the last race and be like, right now I've got five <laughs> engines. And they're like, mate, I'm going to use them all at once. <laughs> It feels like the kind of thing um, where if he just wins one Grand Prix, if he just does it once, and he'll know how to do it, and he'll stop worrying about making a safe overtake, and he'll just go on to win a load more Grand Prix. It's all about whether he'll ever win that Grand Prix. I don't think he will. I think, I'm going to say it now, I don't think he's going to win a Grand Prix. Is Ferrari going to be competitive this year, and he'll blow it, and then next year Ferrari won't be as competitive. So like this year's his only chance, because, you know, Mercedes will be back up there next year probably, and like Ferrari would have fucked up somehow. Will be found to be cheating. Yeah, you do get so, you do get the sense that this is Ferrari's chance, and they are fucking and it up. Blowing yeah. It. yeah. But maybe he's just got like a Ugh. shit lucky charm. Like Mika Hakkinen used to have a, a green turtle, and then one day his mechanics set light to his green turtle, and then he won the next race. It was a plastic turtle, a not a real turtle. Very weird euphemism. Okay. And then the next race, they set they, they set light to it, and he won the next race. Mercedes, like his car, Lewis Hamilton's season has been somewhat up and down. In Canada. One of the roughly 20 races Lewis Hamilton has said he really enjoys, he was able to not only climb out of the car unaided, but also manage the steps all the way up to third on the podium and with no sign of a stanner. Meanwhile, George Russell continued to be boringly good with a trademark top five finish. 
This weekend made me realise how reliant Hamilton is on his mood. I think I knew it before, but it was really... St- on Friday, he was so disillusioned with the car that he was just going, man, this car's so bad. Like He looked like he was broken and couldn't be bothered anymore. And then after the race on Sunday, he was like, yeah, this is brilliant. I'm going back in it. Let's go, guys. Let's go. Let's go. Well, it's like the other race where he said at the start, oh, let's not bother. Yeah. Let's retire the car, and he finished like fourth or something. Which is why Lewis Hamilton is the perfect British world champion, because I can think of nothing more British than changing your entire outlook on things just because you're in a grumpy mood. <laughs> it's very true. That's I a mean, great link to the one Formula One driver that's been on this podcast, Nigel, the whiner Mansell. Whoa, don't, don't badmouth Mansell on this podcast. He, 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 He's not a whiner. He was famous. He's a winner. For, look, all I say about Nigel Mansell is that I've realised from... Contemporary reports that he is thick as pig shit, <laughs> but he is a fucking great driver. Possibly because he's quite thick. <laughs> it's like Danny Ricardo. Doesn't understand danger. Yeah. Well, yeah. He doesn't understand danger. Doesn't understand it. Or even he'll get her and they'll be like, "Well, that won't happen again." <laughs> like Hatton Senna. Hatton Senna did understand danger. That's why he only died once. Let's move. <laughs> let's talk about the Mercedes briefly because the porpoising yeah. was almost got all the bouncing off everyone seems to be like no it's not porpoising it's bouncing it's like it's the fucking same thing i don't care what you call it it's bouncing the car's bouncing up and down for whatever reason they did seem to have gotten rid of it and they were all like yay but then they were still quite a lot slower than the red bull and the ferrari by about the same amount as they've been all season at some points they were quite fast but i was reading into this and apparently so they fixed the porpoising but the problem is, the way they've had to fix the porpoising is to stiffen the suspension so much that they can't get a good setup, which is causing bouncing, which is different to porpoising. So the porpoising is the error they had with the car where the, the it's stalling, but the bouncing is just they can't have a soft enough suspension to have a comfortable ride. Okay, but now you've... So they fixed the porpoising and now they've got... So bouncing. it's not error related, defined... it's mechanical suspension yeah. related, right. Aston Martin. At the track, named after F1 world champion Jacques Villeneuve's dad, there was a Canadian in the points. Wet weather expert Lance Stroll was absolutely rubbish in wet weather qualifying, but did make up nine places to finish in the points. As for Seb, should he be sticking to politics at this point? More importantly, Jacques Villeneuve is bold. He's been bald for years. Very, very bold. He was always bald, but now he's bald. Oh, Oh, fewer. Um, He did look quite a lot like um, Crichton. (laughs) I was thinking he looked like a baby. (laughs) Stroll and in fact the Canadians generally in qualifying were terrible they were last apart from Tsunoda who wasn't even trying because he had engine penalties because um, they'd probably eaten too much maple syrup <laughs> and poutine but then they did I mean fair play to Stroll he somehow came through the field and beat Fettel which isn't terrible I mean they're not going to be terribly happy with 10th and 12th but considering how it all you know started they're probably fairly not disappointed well, apparently, they really have been shit this year. Apparently, Lance Stroll has has scored points from the back of the grid like three or four times in Canada, so it's becoming something of a special move for him. Apparently, mm. I don't he's, know. He's, uh, it's just I think, like of the, of the daddy's boy drivers, he's the best one currently at the moment. But I don't know. Now that Mazepin's gone, <laughs> Mazepin's gone. Latifi's just you know sort of hapless. Um. And well, actually, no, that's not true. It's obviously Max Verstappen is the best one, but uh, I don't. Know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. They're it, fine. They got a point. Fine. McLaren, after joining Ferrari at the Nurburgring in 1999 and Danny Rick's own Red Bull effort at Monaco 2016, on Benny Hill's pit crew montage, McLaren will be hoping to eternal sunshine the Canadian Grand Prix. 
Lando's engineer, a master of understatement, called it a pretty shit day. Quite. Yeah, there's a lot of niche references there, by the way. And just throw that in. Thank you. I'm happy with all of them. Two of them are Formula One related. Um, and one's Benny Hill, which, you know, he was in the Italian job, so... He was, wasn't he? Well, forgotten yeah. about that. Um, yeah, McLaren. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors no, off. You're that only supposed... Michael Caine. You're only supposed to bring out the tyres for the car you want to put on the pit stop. It was quite funny not when they had... Not a lot of people know that you should have the tyres out for the car, but you do. Producer Matt told us not to go on any tangents. So here we are doing some Michael Caine impressions. <laughs> yeah, McLaren, what are they playing at? I don't know. They are it, all over the show. Zulus! <laughs> it was quite Thousands funny. Of them. It was quite funny seeing a man holding a wheel and all his mates going, no, 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 and him going, well, what do you want me to do with <laughs> it? It's a wheel. What were you expecting? <laughs> yeah. But that's the point I was trying to make earlier. In that moment, would everyone be going, you got the wrong one. I'd be there, just, you'd just go blank, wouldn't you? You'd just be like going, oh, fuck, fuck, I've done something wrong, but I don't know what I've done wrong. Do I pick up this? Do I take this wheel? They're telling me no, but they're not telling me what to fucking do, are they? Oh, fuck, fuck. Well, like, yeah. He brought, he brought a wheel. It's not like he brought a baseball yeah. cap or something. It's, it's the right I'd like thing. to see him disappear and come back with a variety of different things. <laughs> <laughs> like that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy. Don't bring, don't, don't bring those kind of shit films. Don't, 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 don't lower this podcast with Marvel references. Come on, come on, you're better. I'm sorry, I'm not. So they, they, they'd often do on TV that they like every year they'll do the kind of oh, one of our reporters is going to do be in a pretend pit stop or something, and it's like it's fine because oh, it turns out pit stops are really hard, but the pressure of doing a pit stop I think must be the hardest job in F1 because. You know, well, being a driver, yeah, yeah, great, glitzy, glitzy, boo, 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 boo. But if you fuck up a pit stop, you fuck up the entire team's race. Can I posit that perhaps writing positive press releases for Nicholas Latifi might be harder? Alpine! Alpine! After we'd all sat on the final millimetre of our sofa awaiting a cheeky Nando's first corner wild one from second place, Alonso's race was a letdown in the same way that this guest host has been for loyal FF1S listeners. He was doing okay, but then strategy didn't work out, the car had a problem, and he was told off for weaving on the final lap and ended the day ninth. It was a good day, though, for Esteban Ocon, who showed best of the rest pace and was extremely happy with sixth place. Not too bad for Alpine. They're another one going up and down. They seem to be in and up at the moment. Look, my favourite moment of the year so far was the the after-qualifying uh, press conference thing that they do on the track where they interviewed Max Verstappen, who kind of went, oh, yeah, it's great to be Paul, thanks to all the fans, blah, 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 blah. And then, I forget who was it, it was, it was Jacques Villeneuve, wasn't it? Because, yeah, because yes. he raced, yes, it and was it was Jacques also Villeneuve, weird, because yes. Jacques Villeneuve raced with Alonso, so you're just like, well, this is weird. Just like, oh, are you still, are you, <laughs> it's like, you know, if you, if you ever go to somebody's place you used to work, and some guy's still there, and you're like, are you still, yeah. you still working <laughs> in this bookshop 20 years later? I mean, I mean, good on you, but, fuck. <laughs> anyway. So then Alonso basically kind of grabs the mic and he kind of he almost pushes Max Verstappen out of the way because Max Verstappen did call him old in an interview a couple of days ago. So it's just like, you know, that's going to get to him. And he had all this like testosterone and adrenaline. It was just like, he just looked like some old horny bastard going, <laughs> just come and fuck me now. I'm second place. You said I'd never be second place again. I'm second. And like, everyone watching is like, we never said you wouldn't be second. We just said you, you're a has-been. Yeah. And I'm going to get it out in front of you second, right now. Yeah, I can still get it up. Hang on, give me a minute. Give me a minute. Hang on, there's a lot of people watching. I'm really sorry. Okay, hang on, hang on. Take a Viagra. Uh, we're better, we're better. Just, I don't know. It was just, there was something about his energy that was so misplaced that it was. He felt like he could take on the world. I loved it. 
He was like... And then he finished seventh. <laughs> well, ninth, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Then, oh, yeah, For doing some pointless weaving. There was a point that he said, where he said something like, um, "This, these are the days that I live for. And I thought, 2005, <laughs> Fernando Alonso would be embarrassed to hear you saying that you live yeah. for second place in qualifying at the Canadian Grand Prix. Yeah, then dropping to seventh and then getting relegated to ninth. Yeah. And then complaining at the team, going, I'm a hundred times faster than Ocon this week. And it's like, that's a weird No, we didn't, no, yeah, didn't yeah. say then Ocon. He said then he was. He did say then Ocon. He, he said then himself the previous week. Wasn't he? I thought he was saying, mm-hmm. I'm a hundred times faster than Ocon, let me past. He no, no, he was saying, no, no, he was saying, even without the straight line speed, he was saying that he was faster than they had been the week before or than previously this season. I think he was saying, because oh, no, he, was, he was trying to get him to get Ocon out of the way. That's why he was saying, no. that. Like, I'm a hundred times faster this week. No. I'm pretty certain he was okay, he was well. referring to his own performance. I think he was being positive. Email us at wrong at <laughs> ff1s.com to see who's right. Yeah. Don't bother because we never read the emails. And that's not we going in anyway. We read the emails. Alpha Tauri. To be honest, it was nice of Yuki Tsunoda to drive straight into the wall after exiting the pits because up until that point, I'd forgotten there was an Alpha Tauri in the race at all. They've gone anonymous again, haven't they? All the midfield teams what have been happened? up and down this week. This there's not one set team that's like, oh, they're the best midfield team. Who's the best midfield team? Don't know. Changes every race. Mercedes. It's probably <laughs> well, Alpine, isn't it? Is it? It is at the moment. I don't know. Hang on, what the standings? I'm going to look at the standings. Oh, he's googling. Producer Matt's going to be annoyed. It's McLaren. It's McLaren. I wasn't googling. I was scrolling. There you go. It's at the bottom of the McLaren. McLaren. The, the points say McLaren, but they were nowhere this weekend. And, you know, AlphaTauri have been up and down, Alpine have been up and down, Alfa Romeo have been up and down, we'll get onto them in a minute. It's all over the place. They were, they Gasly's were okay, been amazing for some yeah. races. Gasly's been amazing, and Fatsunoda's been good for some races this season. Not this weekend. All over the shop. That, that pit lane exit crash from Sonoda. What was funny about it, it was an exact <sighs> carbon copy of Checo's qualifying crash, just in a different place. It just so, went so in different. way too fast. <laughs> I just was like, oh, okay, well, I'll try steering, but I'm, there's, there's no chance. I'm just going to hit the wall here. And then, yeah, it was... Yeah, there was a bit of that, wasn't there? But he it was, was so, sad. so... There was, he was way too late on the brakes. It was never go. It was so bizarre. It was a rookie mistake, but he's not a rookie anymore. He can't get away with it. Alfa Romeo. Was, was this a good race for Alfa Romeo? Both cars were in Q3, and both cars came home with points. There's nothing snarky to say about either Alfa Romeo or its drivers after that one. No, good one for them. I was I was pretty yeah. impressed with Joe. I thought he did. I thought I, I, all through the race I was going, oh, Joe's doing well, and he continued doing well. And yeah. I'm not entirely sure why he finished behind Bottas. What actually happened to him? Somehow he ended up behind Bottas, but he was a safety car. Yeah, I mean, I know he was stuck stuff. behind Stroll for ages, wasn't he? In the DR, one of the DRS trains. Mm. That's what I meant. <laughs> Um, but no, they did really well. But, you know, give it two races and they'll be in, you know, 14th, 15th again. Haas! I just googled flattering to deceive and it says, Kevin Magnussen, P5 to a P17 finish. Mick Schumacher doesn't finish after qualifying sixth. Apt. It was a great qualifying. Great qualifying. Really good qualifying for House. Well done to them. Really great qualifying. Up there. It was up there with Alonso. What a great really qualifying. Good qualifying. Well, not, qualifying. Not quite up Mr. there. Mr. Saturday. Oh, Four places behind, actually. So Mr. Good. Saturday. I mean, for Haas. Mr. Sat. Amazing. 
Kevin Magnuson should be called Mr. Saturday Balls and Alonso should be Mr. Saturday Penis. They are just <laughs> yeah. Mr. Saturday. Yeah, brilliant. The race? Shitty Sunday. Yeah, no good. Oh, a bit of a hangover from Mr. Saturday. This was, this oh. was Mick Schumacher's chance to show that he's not terrible. We had too many whelks. <laughs> In fairness to Kevin Magnuson, he was unlucky. He had a little was bit he? of first corner, uh, first lap damage. That always happens. There was some damage. He had to pay. Again. Again. I suppose yeah, he got the That's he got the, the meatball year. flag as we've learned it's to, uh, learned it's called now. I'd never heard it called the meatball flag before. That's what we is all that, call that, it no, in the motorsports. Well, I've I've been tangentially really? in, in motorsport for fifteen years, and I'd never heard it called that before. Maybe I've just not been paying attention. I mean, after our conversation last week about the food poisoning I got on Le Mans, <laughs> it would make sense that the meatballs are that orange in motor racing because meatballs should be more of a kind of a reddy colour, mm. a brownish reddy colour, and not bright orange. And they should have some sort of sauce. So that doesn't really make much sense. But anyway, yeah, black sauce. Ooh. I mean, oh, that's oh mm. no, no good. Williams. In the battle to be Canada's greatest racing driver on the 2022 Formula One grid, Nicholas Latifi fought hard but just couldn't match the mighty Lance Stroll on home soil. Meanwhile, in the battle to continue being one of the many Red Bull branded drivers on the grid, Alex Albon finished 13th, apparently. Yeah, I mean, reasonable from Albon in a, in a crappy car. Not to be, I mean, there's only so much you can do in a Williams. I thought he did all right. Nicholas Latifi. The entire life of this podcast, Williams has been at the back of the grid. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? And now they don't even have the family name, I think it's time just well, to... Well, they've got the name. I mean, now they don't have the family. Yeah. They don't have the blood. No. Did, w- they just have the name. Was either Williams on the cover? I don't remember seeing either Williams on the coverage. Uh, Latifi was on the coverage because he hit a groundhog, which is very patriotic for a Canadian. Ah, yes. Um, he was on the coverage <clears throat> in free practice or something, wasn't he? Yes, exactly. Um, and then in the race, uh, no, he. I think he finished only ahead of Magnussen, which is a damning indictment on a Haas, because they tried to do a long tyre thing and, tire, and Magnussen's tyres went off. Um, but no, I mean, Latifi's terrible. This is not new. But he's so lovely. He seems like a lovely guy, unless you're a groundhog. Mm. I mean, I, I, I don't think really... I'm not sure we can really make any judgments as to eat for, for either driver based on where the car currently is. Yeah, we can. Oh, we yeah, can. And we okay. will. We can. And we have. <laughs> and I have. Great. If you want, if you want facts-based podcasts, there's, there's other nominated podcasts. Up the grid. Go to. But if you want, if you up the, up the, up your, up, up the chuff. Up, up, up your grid. Oh, matron, where's me apex? Checkered feet. <laughs> Check your flags. Uh, oh, good one. All of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. So, thinking about how Alonso has been sex-craved this week, I thought I'd go back to perennial favourite. What would all the F1 drivers be like having sex? (laughs) So in first place, his dad berates him after for not being literally on fire. It's Max Verstappen. Sergio Perez is in second place. He's got the one condom he's used for years. Uh, Charlotte comes running into the room naked and slips on a banana skin. Um, George Russell is really good at foreplay. (laughs) Mr. Foreplay, they call him. Uh, sorry, this has never happened before, says Carlos Sainz, despite it happening many times before. Um, Lewis Hamilton always thanks the team after. Uh, Lando Norris is like a virgin. <laughs> Valtteri Bottas likes it with his butt. Um, Esteban Ocon, I've written nothing for, because I just can't picture him having sex. What a beautiful man he is. Uh, Mr. Alonso would like to be waiting for him wearing a Lewis Hamilton 2007 race suit, bent over, wearing a helmet, and he requests that you don't speak. Um, Pierre Gasly is like a Disney bird, so... 
just try and imagine fucking an animated bird. <laughs> um, Kevin Magnuson will finally get to say, suck my balls. Daniel Ricardo is one man wanking into a boot alone, then drinking it. Um, I realise that suck my balls is like five gold rings in the song, because I always say it every week. So Sebastian Vettel, Sebastian Vettel would be five gold rings. Sonoda would, um, you know, just, just he'd be grateful for any sex, I think. Joe Kenyu has finally got some sex after a drought. Alexander Albon, Alexander Albon fucks wherever his mum has lined up for him. And Lance Stroll doesn't have sex. He just pays dogs to fucking fun of him because he's got that much money. When he's got that much money, he can do anything. Wow. Now, well, hang on. One second. What? Why does he pay dogs? And how? And also, so like, do got... the dogs have bank accounts or do they take cash? If they do take cash, what are well, they doing with ca- it? They'd have, they'd have handlers, wouldn't they? It's like cockfighting. But dogs, fucking dog, fucking. I'm just saying when you that we don't understand how the rich people work, right? Dogs are bred to have sex in front of millionaires. That's what I'm saying. It's a Freemason thing. I've said too much. I've said too much. Of all the things I thought I'd learn on this podcast, the teams. So Canada is often mistaken for America, which really annoys them. So I thought, who would mistake teams for which other things? Well, you know what I mean. So. Red Bull would be annoyed if they were called Rich Energy a lot. Oh. Ferrari would be Delara. Remember in 1989, the Delara looked very much like a Ferrari. Mercedes would be annoyed if it was Janis Joplin. Uh, McLaren Mercedes would be annoyed by McLaren pushchairs. Alpine Toberone. Alfa Romeo would be annoyed if they were mistaken for the film Nomeo and Juliet. <laughs> Alfa Nomeo. Alpha Tari, Alpha Tori, uh, Aston Martin, Aston Villa, Haas, what's up? Those Budweiser ah. adverts. And Williams would be mistaken for Williams Judd. Oh, actually, Williams Judd, they'd be fucking, they'd love that right now. I reckon Williams Judd were fucking great compared to Williams. And now it's time for the man of the match of driving. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Piers Morgan. Jury Vips, who I thought were the company that served drinks at the Paddock Club, is the latest figure to have been cancelled by the woke glitterati because he's used an insensitive and offensive racial slur casually on a video stream. If we all got judged for the racist things we said in our own homes, there'd be no one left on telly. It's a disgrace. I don't know why I'm making Piers Morgan like a cockney, but I like it. Vips, who is Estonian, whatever that is, apologised unreservedly in a statement clearly written by a probably white and woke PR member of the team and said, this language is entirely unacceptable and does not portray the values and principles that I hold. For God's sake, when will we stop judging people on their words and actions and instead hold them up to the press statements written hurriedly after a child has fucked up? Vips continued, I deeply regret my actions and this is not the example I wish to set, saying that instead he wished he'd hope he looked a bit more gangster. I I I can't say that word. But don't worry, I have a solution, you <laughs> Let boys be boys. In my day, we didn't have non-white people in Formula 1, so we could say what the fuck we liked about them. And did any of them complain? No. How can we expect Yuri Vips to not be a nasty shit when he works for a company headed by and Horner and Helmut who spend every second of their media appearances fighting the good fight for all those who are against Red Bull and all the civil rights movement. 
Yuri Vips can sit on the back of my bus and fight the fight against the woke mob and our freedom of speech. Where was Lewis Hamilton when the mob came for me? Did he take a knee? Does Vettel wear a shirt for white people? And I for one say that Red Bull should be proud to be associated with a flagrant racist idiot. Make Toro Rosso great again. Thanks, Piers. That's it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about, possibly, a new street-based Grand Prix down the bottom of the French country. No, not Monaco, but about 20 kilometres long in Nice, which they're talking about replacing Paul Ricard. Because Paul Ricard's shit, so why not make another shit French race around the streets of Nice? That's what they're saying. Don't know if it's going to happen, that's what they're saying. And to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about our fans who are amazing and sent us a picture of them wearing our T-shirts at the Canadian Grand Prix. So thank you to those people. That was excellent. Who probably have names. Thank you very much. We'll be back in two weeks to discuss the Great British British Grand Prix in Britannia. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash 4F1sake, and follow us on Twitter at 4F1sake. Phil, how can listeners get 20% off and free delivery on the performance package 4.0 from Manscaped? Oh, I'm very glad you asked that, Jake. Uh, you can head to manscaped.com and use the code BALLSBALLSBALLS. And Terry, where can people buy merch? There are four secondhand t-shirts for sale on Canadian Vinted, and if you can't get them on there, then go to ff1s.com forward slash shop shop shop. Thanks for listening. See you in two weeks. I've been Jake Yorath, and I hopefully still will be in two weeks. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you, Jake. Thanks, thank Jake. you, thank you. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.